Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. HRT launches a new old look. Um, I think the cars look fantastic sitting still and I reckon they'll look even faster around the track. Leon's wins the Australian Safari and the Singapore Grand Prix looks closer than ever. It's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. HRT launched its Bathurst livery this week, the new paint scheme paying homage to the team's original black and white livery, which was on the cars when Alan Grice and Wynne Percy crossed the finish line in 1990 to win the great race. Garth Tander is excited about the new look. You know, once you're a motorsport fan, you're a motorsport fan for life. And, and you, you know, I grew up and I watched the 1990s race. I really remember it. Uh, and to be to be driving in a car that represents that, you know, today that represents 20 years ago for me is very very special. Will Davison is hoping that a change in colours on his car will also change his luck. There's no better way to turn things around at the biggest event of our year by changing over the colours, and uh, it certainly looks fast. And I can't tell you how good it'll look that 22 car coming across the line in first place. The great race this year will mark 20 years of the Holden Racing Team. You know, just the whole the Holden Racing Team is a fantastic brand in our sport and, uh, and it invokes a lot of passion and a lot of support. Davison took one look at the original HRT VL Commodore and thought, my, how times have changed. Uh, they were pretty brave boys. You look in there now and I think, geez, I uh, don't know if I'd be, be ready to get that thing around the mountain at 300k an hour. So, you know, inside now things have changed, not only on the safety aspect, but also the technology of the cars now is, is pretty impressive. HRT is looking to back-to-back Bathurst victories next week when it hits the mountain. Hopefully the lessons learnt at Phillip Island are able to be applied, as Craig Wilson told the V8 Insiders. It's confirmed a few things that we were um, aware of, if that's a positive, you know. But we go to Bathurst a lot more um, positive, upbeat, you know, knowing we've got a package that you know, is pretty good there. A delegation of V8 supercar officials has met Singapore Grand Prix officials last weekend as talks about the potential V8 race in the city-state continue. V8 Insiders has been told that the only sticking point for the series is television rights. As soon as it can be assured that the race can be screened in Australia by the V8 supercar's rights holder, currently Channel 7, it's all going ahead. Teams have mixed emotions about the impending decision with another race fully paid for, but not in front of their Australian fan base. Jack Daniel Racing Drivers, Todd and Rick Kelly, took their preparation for Bathurst out to the Australian Air Force Base at Williamstown near Newcastle. The two jumped aboard FA-18 Hornets, with Todd Kelly shaking after he got out of the cockpit. I don't even know what to say. I'm still wobbling around. 
it's um, unbelievable how the thing turns and just, just goes bang and pushes you into the seat and everything starts to go a little bit black towards the end of the turn. It's just insane what, what these things can do. I, I expected it to be pretty special, but it just blew me away. Of course, if you want to ask Todd exactly how that felt, you can check in to Kelly Racing's second annual Open Day this Sunday, the 3rd of October, from 10am to 2pm. It's at the team's facility in Brayside. That's 8 Helen Cobb Drive. The day will also be a send-off party for Todd and Rick as their annual Bathurst Road Trip will see the unveiling of their unique car that will take them to the mountain. Jeff Jones from SEL led a group of drivers, including Tony D'Alberto, Michael Caruso, Jason Richards and Shane Van Gisbergen, to Hamilton last week. Joined by the Mayor of Hamilton, Bob Simcock, on Friday night, they promoted the newest V8 supercar event, the Hamilton 400. Fans also enjoyed a barbecue, simulator rides and drinks. The aim of the night was to introduce 350 residents from the Frankton community, both residents and businesses, of course, to the new promoters of the event. Ryan Briscoe has been confirmed that he'll be heading into the Walkinshaw performance lineup at Bathurst. Briscoe will be slipping into the seat next to Andrew Thompson at Bundy Red Racing. Alan Simonson will be joining Greg Murphy at Castrol Racing as those two are the only changes from the Phillip Island 500 lineup. Craig Lowndes has won the Australian Safari, taking out the 3,600km event with over an hour lead ahead of second place. Lowndes, who won the Phillip Island race earlier this month, now has Bathurst firmly set in his sights. And Garth Tander is setting himself up to continue his Grand Slam run as he prepares for next week's event. You don't, you don't need $2 million motivation to go and win Bathurst. You want to win it anyway, so... You know, if we're successful at Bathurst, then we may start looking at it. But really, you know, I think the series is pretty smart when they chose four of the toughest races. Uh, you know, Clipsal 500, Bathurst 1000, Gold Coast 600, Homebush 500, probably the four toughest races that we have through the year. I think their $2 million is pretty safe. But saying that, I'd happily take that money off them if we get it. Too hard? We'll find out next week if it is. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Tony Shebecki and Lachlan Manson will join me. I hope you'll stay with us. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week on the show is Lachlan Mansell and Tony Shebecki. Shebex, uh, uh, an extra week of football means that uh, you are still doing so many other duties than just on the grid on SEN. Yeah, exactly, Craig. Uh, next week of football means I don't get a weekend off, which I 
was looking forward to so much, but it just means that uh, we get to go to the MCG for one more week before we sit down for some real, real exciting racing over the next few weeks. Mm. Well, Lachlan, you're up there in Bathurst already. How is the city getting set for what is going to be a very interesting Bathurst 1000? Good day, Craig. Good day, Tony. Yes, um, well, it's, what, just over a week out now from the great race, and I can tell you that the city of Bathurst is already getting ready. We've already got lots of the uh, shops starting to get their racing merchandise out with uh, various team apparel and, and clothing, um, and also the local council are starting to put the decorations up on the light posts as well throughout all the Bathurst streets. This year is a lot different, isn't it, Tony? We're going in there with teams that are working with combinations that are a little bit untested. The 500 was uh, somewhat of a tester, but we're really seeing a a grid of probably 30 cars. Well, actually, we're probably talking about a grid of 20 cars that could realistically win this event. Exactly right. And how fantastic is that? Craig and Lockie, it's just amazing that uh, in, the, in the past few years, we've really only had probably, what, maybe five, six serious contenders for the Bathurst 1000. This year, as you said, probably 15 to 20 fair income cars that can win this race, and it's just going to make for a lot of excitement. Uh, really looking forward to this Bathurst, really am. And I think uh, what we saw with the, the Team Vodafone combination of Lowndes and Scaife uh, up at Phillip Island, as well as... Uh, Stevie Owen and Jamie Winkup. I think one thing's for certain is that Team Vodafone once again go to Bathurst as the nominal favourites. That's it, Lockie. One of the other interesting things as well, guys, is that I think that this is probably the best chance in quite a long time for a team to get a 1-2 finish at Bathurst. The last time it happened, I believe, was with the Holden Dealer team, and that was back in 1984. Um, And in previous years, there hasn't really been a realistic chance of it happening because most of the teams have obviously put their two main drivers in the one car and then filled the other car with drivers who are just part-timers and who are not really on the pace to be serious contenders. This year, though, with the fact that there's one full-time and one part-time driver in every car, it's going to give those front-running teams, particularly Team Vodafone, I think, a really good chance of getting a one-two finish. It's interesting with the uh, with the changes this year, and uh, uh, you see that we have really got a different look at this race. And although year in year out, you think Lowndes and Wing Cup, uh, Davison and Tanda would just be the lay down Mazaire, this has spiced it up a bit, and it's also shown. The depth of Australian motorsport, Tony, I know you every week on On The Grid are speaking to a whole range of Australian racers who don't get the recognition that our supercar drivers do. No, you're, you're right there, Craig. It has really shown the depth of Australian motorsport, and hopefully it's shown the ability, once again, of some of these uh, guys who are uh, second-tier drivers at the moment, but who I think a lot of us believe should be racing in the, in the top tier. Uh, uh, Steve, Steve Owen, I mean, what a fantastic effort at Phillip Island. Fastest time through uh, qualifying for all the cars. A guy that uh, I think a lot of us know can drive in this uh, in this category. And the opportunity for him, he showed it over in, at Phillip Island. If he can once again show it at Bathurst, the opportunity for him to finally put his hand up for someone and say, let's grab this bloke and put him in a car. 
Mm. Now, one of the big uh, news items, not only in Australia but in America as well, is something that we discussed on the show last week, and that is Ryan Briscoe not going to HRT for the Bathurst round, but certainly going into the Walkinshaw family and getting there, getting a run in at uh, Bundy Red Racing. I think that's smart, Craig. I think uh, he's driving with Andrew Thompson there at the Bundaberg Red Racing Team, if memory serves me correctly. And that's good because it'll give him seat time in a V8 supercar before that Surface Paradise event where he'll probably be paired up with Will Davison. So a good opportunity there for Walkinshaw Racing to give Ryan Briscoe some seat time in a V8 supercar before the Gold Coast event. Mm. Have you had a chance, Tony, to to have a good look at this grid because Russell Engel has been saying for a while now he thinks there's going to be a, a real surprise on the podium. He doesn't think the HRT Vodafone, Team Vodafone uh, combination will be the one that's uh, up there at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't know why Russell... I mean, Russell obviously trying to put... Uh, <laughs> I know things into people's heads. Uh, I, I suppose it, it, it's obvious. I mean, they are definitely the nominal favourites going into this race. They've had a they've had a pretty good season all round, and Philip Island does come in as a, a, a good lead up for Bathurst. It shows exactly where teams are at. So they've got to be nominal favourite. But it, we said it before. It is an interesting grid. It's made up of so many permutations. So many things can happen. And for once, we go to Bathurst not knowing who is going to win this race. And, and, and we probably won't know again until maybe about the last 10 or 15 laps, as has been the case a couple of times in the last few years. And how exciting does it get when it gets right down to the wire? Mm. Well, we're going to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. Uh, plenty more to come right after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Tony Shebeki and Lachlan Mansell join me, Craig Ravel. And uh, guys, one of the interesting things after Phillip Island was Jamie Winkup's demeanour. He was extremely, extremely down in the dumps and, uh, and was asking the question, uh, well, wasn't asking the question, he was posing the question that the uh, championship's pretty much over for him. Do either of you guys believe that, Lachlan? No, not at all. Um, And you only have to look at the championship margin. Uh, James Courtney, who's the championship leader, is less than 300 points ahead of Jamie Winkup. There's 300 points up for grabs for the race win at Bathurst. So if Winkup and Steve Owen win the race and James Courtney and Warren Luff don't finish or finish down the order, then all of a sudden Winkup's back in the championship lead. So I think it's way too early for Jamie Winkup to be writing himself off for the championship at this stage. And I think part of the reason that he made the comments that he did was to try and pick up that underdog tag. Tony, an interesting... Psychological uh, play, that's, what, that's all this is about. He's just trying to get uh, James Courtney to you know, think, oh, maybe I can take a little bit easy now. Not that James Courtney is that silly, that he would fall for that trick. But, uh, no, this championship is far from over yet. And uh, 
I still don't believe that it's just a race in two. It, you know, there's still an opportunity for, for someone else to come from just out of the pack, but it's, uh, it, the, the field is getting smaller. Uh, each race as we go along uh, for the championship. Mm. Now, I mentioned before, Tony, that you're speaking to drivers from all makes and models of racing on On The Grid, and uh, Lockie posed a question to me, which I thought was a good one to ask both of you. Um, But, Tony, where do you think a young, aspiring driver should be looking to if he's racing carts and doing a good job? Where's his next step these days? It, it used to be that you'd do everything to eventually get to Formula Ford and go to Europe. Is that what it is today in 2010? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question, this one, and I think we've spoken about it before in regards to is the development series, especially in V8 supercars, is it a, is it a true development series? Are we using the series to really work uh, these young guys into a possible seat for the future or uh, is it just another category where uh, you know guys have to come up with big budgets once again to get a drive with no guarantees of uh, getting into the main game down the track I think once again kids uh, you know will follow the traditional path in the early years go karts from you know year, from ages 8 to 10 to 12 and then uh, we you know we see guys moving into to Formula 4 and Formula 3 as early as uh, 15, 16, 14, 15, 16 nowadays. Guys with a little bit of cash but you're right it's it, the uh, the opportunities I think are just windling for uh, for young guns to really uh, to really shine above those lower categories unless you've got a heap of money in the pocket. Mm. Lockie, what were your thoughts? Okay, I've got quite a lot of thoughts on this one, guys, so get ready for it. Basically, the way I see the Australian motorsport scene at the moment is that, yes, there's the Fujitsu series, but it costs a lot of money to do the Fujitsu series, and it's not the kind of series that you would want to step into straight out of go-karts anyway. Traditionally, it's been Formula Ford, which has been sort of the next step up out of go-karts for young drivers. And when you look back at all the drivers who are currently racing in the V8 Supercar Championship, a lot of them have raced in Formula Ford at some stage in their career. The problem with Formula Ford, though, is that the cars themselves don't really bear much resemblance to V8 supercars. They're open wheelers, they're not tin tops, and mechanically they're very different. Other categories that there are in terms of support categories, the Australian GT Championship, um, which is obviously very expensive exotic sports cars, that's a good series, but it never has really been what I'd call a breeding ground for young drivers. It's more gentleman drivers who have a bit of money behind them. A lot of them are very successful business owners who like to enjoy their racing on weekends. Then you've got the V8 Ute Series, which is... um, what I'd call more of an entertainment category rather than so much a feeder category. Then you go back to the Shannon's Nationals programs where you've got categories like Formula 3, Saloon Cars, Commodore Cup. Um, I think Formula 3 is is good and it's um, very pure open wheel racing and very sophisticated race cars but once again they don't really bear much resemblance to V8 supercars. Then you've got Commodore Cup and Commodore Cup cars are actually not that dissimilar to V8 supercars to drive and we've seen people like Lee Holdsworth come up out of Commodore Cup and move on to V8 supercars but the problem with Commodore Cup at the moment is that the cars are getting quite old. They're running VS Commodores which are now getting up to 14, 15 years old 
And uh, also, I would say that the series probably isn't really promoted well enough to the go-kart community. And when you think about it, since uh, Lee Holdsworth, there hasn't really been anyone coming out of Commonwealth Cup who's then progressed to V8 supercars. So I think, in conclusion, now that you guys have listened to my rant, I don't think there is really a definitive pathway to get from go-karts to V8 supercars. I think there's probably a number of different options that you could take, depending on obviously budget being the number one factor. Mm, and Tony, that was the big thing, wasn't it? The great thing about all, all the things you mentioned there, Lockie, is the fact that there are a lot of options, depending once again on your budget, to continue driving in motorsport in Australia. So you, it, we're not just, you know... We're not, we don't just have three or four categories. There are a whole lot of different options, and you know, depending on your budget, you can do whatever you, whatever you want to do. But you're right, to get to the absolute top echelon, there, there really is a, it's a hard call for, for guys uh, which path to take. Mm. And let's face it, if you want to earn money in Australian racing cars, V8 supercars, realistically, is your only option. It's the only destination category, and it's the only category where you can drive professionally for a racing team and get paid for it. All the other categories that I've mentioned, you have to pay to be racing in those categories. Mm. It, it, is, it is one of the things that we don't have a development progression to v8 supercars you fall upon it you happen upon it but you don't actually have a, a clear career path and uh, it's interesting tony to see what the indy cars are doing where they've set a program up from not from necessarily go-karts but certainly from the uh, short track speedways in the mm. uzac series to get them up out of the uzac series through the silver crowns into then the, some of the road racing series then to indy lights and then on to indy cars itself and maybe we need to start looking at our feeder series but ultimately we only have a finite number of licenses yeah and can we also remember too guys i think uh, the problem also is that we just don't have the audience for all these series as well and i think that is something that you know to, to run cars in those series you need sponsors for sponsors to come on board, they want to get exposure. If we've got, you know, we've got good crowds going to V8 supercars, but I don't think we've got massive crowds going to other events. That's going to be, a, you know, a real issue as well. And I think, you know, they could do that sort of stuff in America because they've got the audience to, uh, to to go along and watch that sort of stuff. But here in Australia, I think it's a little bit different. Well, we have to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with Gas and Go on the White Flag Lab. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Gas and Go here on our white flag lap. Gas and Go, of course, brought to you by the 4X Gold V8 Supercar Survey. Check it out online now. It's your chance to have your say on your sport of V8 Supercar Racing. The clock is set and Lachlan Mansell will start us off. Can Will Power grab the IndyCar title this weekend ahead of coming to the Gold Coast and we'll already have a 2010 champion in our field? 
Well, regardless of who wins the IndyCar Championship, we're going to have a 2010 champion in our field uh, on the Gold Coast anyway because Will Power's only opposition for the title is Dario Franchitti and he's going to be racing in the Gold Coast event as well. So, yes, it would be great to see Will Power win the title and I think he can do it, but even if he doesn't, then we're guaranteed to have the 2010 IndyCar champion in the field on the Gold Coast. Can he do it, Tony? Yeah, that's not good enough, Lachlan. We need an Australian IndyCar champion on the Gold Coast, and we will have one. Will Power definitely will get up. Tony Walston with you. Adelaide has announced its expected date. Uh, do we see many more changes in the calendar, perhaps? I don't, from what I'm hearing, Singapore's still a possibility for next year. More than likely, though, it'll be a 2012 event. But I am hearing that it's still a possibility from, for next year. And uh, talks possibly on the weekend may have sealed the fate of that. So that is probably the only other change I can see. Barbara Gallo, of course, coming back online. Uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting championship next year. There's no doubt about it. Lockie? I agree with Tony. I really hope, though, that if they're going to go over to Singapore, then they do it for championships point so I really don't see the point of the whole D8 supercar series circus travelling all the way over to Singapore for a non-championship point scoring event I'll say this yeah and I'll say this uh, they'll make more money at Singapore than they did at Phillip Island two or three weeks ago. Uh, Lockie Whilst I'm with you, will the Australian Safari win help set up a Bathurst win for Craig Lowndes? I'm sure he, he hopes so. I was actually reading an interesting uh, interview with Lousy today and he reckons that the Australian Safari was a tougher event than the Bathurst 1000 because he said you get up every day and every day is like doing a Bathurst 1000. So maybe he'll find the 1000 a bit relaxing compared to the Safari. Welcome to rallying, Tony. Yeah, exactly. And, Jews, uh, I hope the masseurs were on hand for Craig because he definitely would have needed And That is a bumpy trip, that Australian Safari, but he's fit... Uh, well, still young, I suppose, in, in, in some sort of way. He'll be fine. No, it'll, be, it'll be great. And he goes in uh, with a lot of confidence. Philip Island, uh, the Australian Safari win. He's driving some, uh, some good form at the moment. There he is indeed, Tony. Frosty said he needs to win the 1,000 to win the championship. Can he win the championship? Uh, yeah, it... It's a tough one. It, look, I, I would think that he, he probably can. As I said, it's still, it's, there's still probably about four or five guys uh, in contention for the championship. But as we go along, I think Bathurst will start to sort out the men from the boys. And I think definitely after the Gold Coast, as we come into our final couple of races, I think it might only be a race of two, possibly even three. All right. It's lucky. Um, I think for Winterbottom to win the championship, he doesn't necessarily need to win Bathurst, but he needs to finish ahead of his main championship rivals, which are obviously Courtney and Winkup. Mm. What will it mean to V8 supercars if the AFL Grand Final is moved when they go to their October Grand Final, Lockie? Um... I don't know that it'll mean that much for the V8 supercars if you've got the AFL Grand Final the weekend before the Bathurst 1000. I think it'll mean a little bit more for the Rugby League, though, because if you've got the AFL and the Rugby League Grand Finals both on the same weekend, which is what we're going to have this weekend, obviously, with the replay of the AFL Grand Final, then you'll end up with the two football codes fighting with each other for publicity, whereas obviously Bathurst will still have the weekend all to itself for next weekend, so I don't think it'll have that much of an impact on the V8. Mm, but they'll be hoping there's no grand final replays in, uh, in, at the AFL if it then goes back onto their weekend. No, exactly, that's right, Craig. Uh, next year is the only year, hopefully, that we see 
the AFL Grand Final played in the first week of October. You're right, if there's a draw, there'll be a replay the week after. That'll be on the Saturday. Now, the good news is that Channel 10 have the rights for the Grand Final next year. Channel 7 have it this year. Channel 10 will have it next year, which means that that won't interfere with the coverage. Otherwise, Channel 7 may have had some massive decisions that they might have had to have made, especially in regards to practice and qualifying on Saturday. So uh, the good news is that the Channel 10 will have it, so it won't affect TV coverage, won't be an issue at all. Mm. And just on an aside, it's interesting, there's only one 3D uh, television broadcast kit in Australia. It was at the AFL last week. Do you reckon they would have been, wanted to be stay in Melbourne and do the AFL again? Because it's gone to Sydney now for the NRL Grand Final. Yeah, contractual arrangements have, uh, have meant that that's the way it's going to be. Are they coming to Bathurst? No. Ah, oh, damn, that'd, be, that'd look fantastic. Yeah. Lockie? Yeah, I was just about to say, being a New South Wales boy, obviously the NRL was far superior to the AFL, so I'm very pleased to see the 3D camera coming up here for that. Sorry, guys, the, the phone's breaking up. I'm not sure whether I'm hearing that. <laughs> that's all right, because that's gas and go for another week, and we'll be reviewing Lockie's contract with that comment as uh, the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Thanks very much, both of you for joining us. Good on you, Craig, and go Roosters. Thank you, Tony. Yes, I agree with you. Go the Roosters and see you at Bathurst. Geez, you're both in trouble now. I was a paid-up member of the St George Leagues Club for most of my life. Too bad for the Roosters even more. <laughs> That's Inspired Insiders for another week. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.